Amen. Right, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. I've, I've titled this sermon, uh, <clears throat> An Invitation to Rest in Service. And that's what Jesus is calling us to do. It's to rest in Him, to rest in service. Our, our passage today, some of which I read the children there, is known by most Christians and they love it. It's, uh, as we struggle with the burdens of life, uh, uh, we often look to these verses for comfort and for peace. But these verses are, are that, and, but there's so much more. Jesus is giving us an invitation to come to Him for rest as His disciples for our service with God and for His kingdom. And we find rest when we walk close to Jesus and learn from His example. So let's read Matthew, chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. The Bible says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. For my yoke upon, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we, we thank you, Father, for your precious word. We thank you, Father, for the example you give us of Jesus and how he lived and how he loved. And Father, we look to him now as uh, the influencer for, of our life. That we desire to be like him, Father, because he was perfect and he is the goal. And Father, help us now, Lord, as we understand that uh, while we look to Him, there's others who look to other things and other people, Father, who will lead them astray. And Father, we ask now, Lord, that you just help us in this time, Lord, to learn more about you and your purpose for us, your desire for us to be your disciples, the work you have us to do, and Lord, how we can find rest in that work. For we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Here, here, Jesus issues the call for discipleship because he gives his followers rest. No longer will he have to carry around the burdens of life. And uh, as I was telling the children, I worry about him. I worry about all of us because the things that influence us, the things that guide us and direct us, uh, and everybody's guided and directed by something. And someone is having, wanting to have an influence on you to move you in the direction they want you to go. It's a yoke. It's like the thing you put on an ox to guide it, to make sure you can get it to go where you want it to go. And everybody has their own agenda and what they're looking for and what they want you to do. Jesus' agenda is to bring you peace. Uh, and that's, that's, that should be touching our hearts because in, you can't find peace on this life any other way. But all those influencers on the, on the, on the social media that I've looked at, they all want you to get more for yourself, more, more joy, more things that will please you, pleasures of the flesh. Uh, caring about yourself more than you care about anything else, the complete opposite of what Jesus teaches. And then there's Christians who look to uh, who great speakers or great pastors, and they follow them, and they, they let them lead them and direct which way they go. And you should never, ever look to a person to find your direction in life. Never. Don't follow me. I'm... I'm I'm just a miserable Christ, uh, sinner saved by the grace of God. We follow Jesus Christ who was perfect. 
He doesn't want you to carry around any of your burdens. No, not the burden of sin. Not the burden of trying to handle things on your own. Jesus here was speaking to the Jewish people, and they know about carrying a burden. The Pharisees claimed to have the authority of Moses, and, and they interpreted the law, and, uh, and they put demands upon Israel on how they should behave and how they should act according to the law. But they turned the Mosaic law into 365 don'ts and 250 do's. And Jesus said about them in Matthew 23, verses 2 and 4, he said, uh, saying the scribes and Pharisees sit in the Moses' seat, for they bind heavy burdens grievous to, to be borne, and lay them on men's shoulder, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. They were carrying around the burden of the law that the Pharisees put on them. Pharisees were not saying, do as I do. They say, do as I say. But Jesus gives us a wonderful invitation to come to him and experience relief, joy, the blessings of life, living in a relationship with the Son of God. Come to the Savior and he will give you rest. His invitation will also lead to a deeper level of commitment. Uh, we take up his yoke and we learn from him and become committed disciples. This is what we're doing on Wednesday night. We're learning about Jesus. We're doing Kyle Alderman's book, but we're not following Kyle. We're not doing what Kyle says. He's given us examples of how Jesus lived and the things that Jesus wanted to show us so we can live like him. He's our example. And like the disciples, we are to walk every day with Jesus Christ. You know, the disciples didn't go anyplace without him. Wherever Jesus went, they went. It wasn't like one day he said, okay, today's my day. Today I'm just going to go to my, do something myself. I'm going to go fishing. Y'all go do whatever you got to do. No, it wasn't like that. Every day they got up and was ministered to by Jesus. And they walked with Jesus. That's what a disciple is. Someone who follows Jesus Christ. So let's look at the invitation he gives in, in verse 8. First part of verse 8 says, Come unto me, all thee that are heavy laden. He says, come. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ said, come. This is such a beautiful word when it comes from the compassionate lips of our Savior. It is a call to turn from whatever you're depending on and come to Him. It's a call to turn from whatever you're following and come to Him. If you're lost, it's a call to salvation. And if you're a believer, it's a call to follow Him as his disciple. We don't need to struggle with the burden of sin, do we? Romans 7, 25, 22-25 says, For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ Christ, our Lord, so, when, so then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Paul loved God's law, but he couldn't obey it. Paul said, there's a war inside of me where I know what I'm supposed to do, but, the, but, but my flesh battles against the, the Spirit. Uh, I, I want to serve God. I want to obey His law, but uh, I find that I can't. Sin is too powerful for him. 
He felt miserable and desperate. He needed to be rescued, and Christ changed his life. He was no longer a struggle with, for him because he relied upon Jesus Christ. And Jesus wants to save us from sin and from ourselves. He says, come unto me. Very personal, isn't it? He doesn't say, go to the temple. He doesn't say, uh, come to, to this place or come to that place. Jesus says, come to me. To that intimate relationship. The Pharisees said, do as I say. Jesus says, no, come unto me and I'll give you rest. And this is what's great about Christianity that no other religion can say. Christianity is a relationship with the Son of God. Not a program, not a system, not a religion, not a human leader you have to follow. The Messiah says, come to me. And when we come to Jesus, there is security. John 6.37 says, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Isn't it beautiful? Jesus says, come unto me. You'll never have to worry again. You'll never struggle. I'll never say, all right, get out, go away. You come unto me and you'll stay with me for all eternity. But what keeps people from coming to Jesus? Are we as believers trying to handle things on our own? Do we, do we spend our time just trying to take care of the things in our life ourselves instead of realizing that Jesus is trying to guide us through those things? That He has a path for us if we would just follow Him. Well, see what, I'll, see what Jesus offers here in the second part of verse 28. He says, and I will give you rest. Jesus personally gives us rest. We as believers understand this. In Galatians 5.1 it says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty with, with which Christ, Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the uh, yoke of bondage. We know the freedom He gives us. We know that the rest comes in being free from our sins, free from the bounds of, uh, that hold us to this earth. The rest Jesus gives is freedom to know that we have eternal life. And the rest that Jesus gives is much greater to his disciples. And um, Psalms 116.7 says, Return unto thy rest, O my soul, for the Lord hath dealt bountifully with those. Listen, it's not, it's not just he gives us a temporary kind of rest. He's, he said, I'm not just going to give you uh, some rest in this world. He said, I'm going to give you a rest that's bountiful, that is growing every day. The closer you get to Christ, the more rest you have. The closer you get, the more security you feel. The closer you get, the more you become like Him and you learn from Him and you are become able to deal with this world better. When you come close to Jesus, you look at people and you don't think they're evil, you think they're just blind. And they don't know. They don't understand. They're, they're following Satan. They're, they believe the lies He's told them. <clears throat> We're finishing up Revelations. I know you all be glad when we finish up Revelations because it seems like I talk about every, every sermon. But we're in chapter 20. It's the millennial reign of Christ. Christ has came to, to reign for a thousand years and He threw Satan in the bottomless pit bound by chains for a thousand years so He could not deceive anyone. He had no influence 
over this world. And for a thousand years, Jesus reigned. And peace was there. And people all around knew that Jesus was on the earth. And he ruled with peace. <coughs> and what happened when Satan got out? After that thousand years, they let Satan loose. What did he do? He went right back to doing what he was doing before, deceiving people. And before long, he had an army that was going to go against God's holy city in Jerusalem. And he surrounded them with enough people that the Bible says you couldn't even remember them. They were like sand. The influence that he has on people is amazing to me. For a thousand years, these people have lived under the rule of Jesus Christ, and they saw what peace does. The Bible says it changed everything. It changed uh, nature. Animals no longer killed animals. Uh, the lion ate grass like the cattle. The whole nature of everything was changed, but man's nature, that, that, that free will that we have, that part of us that says that we need to find something that we want, something that makes us happy, something that we desire, that we will believe anything people tell us. And they, Satan came up after a thousand years and went right back to, to condemning people to hell by blinding them by who Jesus was. Got an army to go against God's people. God rained down fire and that was it. Then they took Satan and cast him into the lake of fire for all eternity. I worry about our children. I worry about us. Because as people, we are just like sheep. We're just out looking for something that will make us happy, that will satisfy us, that, that will keep us motivated. When Jesus says, come to me, I'll give you rest. You won't have to worry about anything else. Once you come to Jesus, you have that rest, you have peace, eternal life. You live in God's presence. So, so praise God for what he gives us. And that rest is found when we serve God. Because in the first part of verse 29 says, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Definitely a call to discipleship. Jesus doesn't say, Come unto me and I will remove all your yokes. He says, Come and take my yoke. Let me guide you to where I want you to go. Let me guide you to where I need you to be. Let me use you for the kingdom of God, instead of you using yourself to please the flesh. The yoke is that wooden harness I was telling the children about. They fasten over the neck of the animal so they can attach a plow to it or a cart. It is a symbol of servitude. And Jesus says, learn from me and serve only God. Hebrews 5.8 says, Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. Jesus had to suffer in order to be completely obedient to the Father. Sometimes we think as Christians that we should be happy all the time, that our life should be easy, we shouldn't have any problems, but suffering is just a part of this life. And Jesus learned uh, obedience to the Father through his suffering, and we should learn obedience to God through our suffering. God says, take, Jesus says, take up my yoke. He doesn't say, take my yoke because I'm going to lead you through a bed of roses and through tulips and through the, the, the beautiful fields. He says, no, take my yoke because you're going to be going through some terrible times. You're going to be going through the valleys and you're going to be going through storms. And he says, take my yoke because I'll lead you through those. And you'll learn obedience by allowing me to have complete control of your life. 
the ox may want to go right or left, but with that yoke, the farmer could keep out the ox exactly where he wanted him to go. And Jesus says, you take my yoke and learn from me. You'll never, you'll never stray away. You'll never get off the path I have for you. You'll stay right in dead center of the will of God. And that's where peace is. We're to learn from Him. To learn His suffering. To learn by His example. We take up His yoke and rest in living for Jesus. Even if it means suffering for our faith. We must allow Jesus to guide us in the direction He wants us to go. James 1.22 says, Be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Too many Christians want to hear the word and believe the word, but they have a hard time doing the word. Jesus said, be doers of the word. Don't deceive yourself. If you're going to do the word, then my yoke is on you. If you're going to hear the word and do what you want to do, then someone else has a yoke on you and you're, you're being pulled in their direction. Luke 7, 47-49 says, Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man that buildeth a house and diggeth deep and lay the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose and the streams beat vehemently upon the house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. And he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that, that, that without foundation built a house upon the earth against which streams did beat vehemently and immediately it fell, and the ruin of the house was great. <laughs> Jesus says, here's what I want you to do. I'm, I'm trying to build you a foundation of your life so you can be able to stand. He goes, I don't want you to fall. I don't want you to, to slip and, and, and to fall into something that's going to cause you great pain and great sorrow and great unrest. He says, I want you to have joy and peace and rest in this life and in order to do that you must do the words that I tell you to do and when you do my words you're you're going in the direction I want you to go you're building a firm foundation that nothing can come against it and don't ever believe that you can't say well I believe Jesus Christ is the son of God nothing could ever change that never underestimate Satan's ability to lie and to deceive I was talking in, in, in our Sunday school class. I said, we ha- you hate a liar. If someone comes up to you and lies to you all the time, you hate that person because you can't trust the word they say. Well, Satan is the king of liars. Why do people trust him? Because he lies in such a way that makes you seem like it's truth. He just has to change a little bit. He doesn't completely lie. He just changes a little bit. So the lie seems like it's truth. And we're susceptible to that just like the children are. We can fall into traps, fall into a hole, fall off our foundation if we're not doing the Word. Jesus says, if you want to take up my yoke, if you want rest, then you have to learn from me. You have to do my words. We need to learn how to be meek and lowly at heart, just like Jesus. We must learn to have His character. He humbled Himself and became man. He was obedient to death. He showed compassion to all people. He came to save the lost. And we are to demonstrate His character in our life. 
2 Peter chapter 2, starting with verse 21, the Bible says, For even hereunto ye, ye are called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow his steps. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, reviled not again, and when he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. He committed himself to God. No matter what man did to him, no matter what people said about him, no matter what happened to him, no matter they took him and beat him and hung him on the cross, he still was obedient to the Father. He committed himself to God. And we're to commit ourselves to serving God no matter what. And there is rest when we give our lives to God. Church, we've we got to be careful what's influencing us. We've got to be careful that we are actually doers of the Word. We come here every Sunday morning and hear the Word. We come on Wednesday night and we get examples of how Jesus had compassion, how Jesus went and met people in the way, how Jesus loved people. We have to do that. We have to love like Him and care like Him and go out and talk to people like He did. If we're not doers of the Word, someone else is leading us the way they want us to go. Satan doesn't want us to be like Christ. Finally, we see the blessings of being a disciple of Jesus. Look at the last part of 29 and 30. It says, And ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. <coughs> We take his joke because he's already done the work. He's not having you plow new ground. He's not having you break you up dirt. He's having you take the path that he's already taken because he's already done the work. For we which, uh, Hebrews 4 3 says, For we which believe not, for we which believe do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn by my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. Whatever else you're following, whatever else yoke you're having, you're living for yourself. And you're trying to build yourself up. You're trying to please your flesh or please someone else. But when you take up the yoke that Jesus had, he said, my yoke is easy. My yoke is light. Why? Because I've already done the work. I've already done the work. I'm not putting my yoke on you so you will work. I'm putting my yoke on you so you will continue in the work that I am doing. And that you will allow me to work in you. Wednesday night told us, man, we, we can't do anything for Christ until he does the work in us. We can't come here on Sunday morning and hear the sermon and leave here and go about our day like nothing happened. We have to come here and listen to the Word of God and say, that's what I need to do. I need to go home and make sure that His joke is on me. I need to make sure that nothing else is pulling me in any other directions. I need to understand that He's trying to do a work in me and that involves me taking on His joke and allowing myself to be obedient to Him. We have to understand. 
what Christ expects from us and what God expects us to be, more like His Son. And in order to do that, we've got to learn from Him, take His yoke, and submit to His leadership no matter what. Jesus provided salvation. He, had, he gave us salvation. We don't have to work for salvation. But we work because we have salvation. Because we have eternal life. Because we know that if we don't tell the world about Jesus, they won't know. His, his yoke is easy because Jesus does all the work. He just needs us to give Him the control. And when Jesus is in control of our lives, we have peace. John 16.33 says, These things have I spoken to you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Whatever this world dishes out to you, whatever problems you face, we are safe in knowing that Jesus has already overcome it. We're not trying to fight against anybody. We're not battling anything. The battle's won. The victory's over. We've got two more chapters in Revelations. I know how it's going to end already. God wins. Satan loses. Peace is assured. We may have tribulations now, but he's overcome the world, and we're just walking through it as he guides us. We shouldn't live in fear of the world because he overcome the world. His yoke is easy because he gives us all we need. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10 says, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. <coughs> therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Ain't that wonderful? He doesn't say, take my yoke because I need you. To, I mean, I'm training you to be stronger. I'm training you to be more self-reliant. I'm training you to make it through this world. No, Jesus says, take on my yoke because you're weak. Because you're, you're going to fall and you're going to slip and you're going to make mistakes and you're going to do things you shouldn't do. But if, you, if my yoke is upon you, I'm guiding you so you'll avoid the holes and the pitfalls of this life. Because you're weak. But Christ is strong. And our service is to call people to come to Jesus, to show them His love and compassion, to bring comfort to the lost. It's important for us to suffer so that we know how Jesus comforted us so that we can bring comfort to others. In 2 Corinthians 1, 4-5 it says, Who comfort us in all of our tribulations that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves were comforted of God. For as the suffering of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. For as the suffering of Christ abound in us. We're getting closer and closer to, to Easter. And we're going to learn more and more and more again about the passion of the Christ and and what he went through and how he suffered. But I like that where it says, For the suffering of Christ abound in us. That's his yoke. 
He puts his yoke on us so we know that whatever suffering we're going to do is nothing compared to what he did for us. Whatever we have to go through is nothing compared to what he was willing to take on the cross for us. And it's that, it's that knowledge of what he's done, his love and his giving of himself for us, is what we should share to other people. Is to give out consolation to other people, to let people know that Jesus died for the sins of the world. He died for your sins. If you just believe upon him, you have eternal life. Jesus in John chapter 4 went to the, uh, Samaria. He said, that, uh, he said, I must go through Samaria. It wasn't the usual thing he did. He said, I had to go. Why? Because he went to meet that one woman at the well. One insignificant woman. One woman living in adultery. He went to go meet her. He didn't go to meet a religious leader or some very uh, king, this woman, who had had five husbands, and the man she was living with now wasn't her husband. But Jesus went there to meet her. Why? Because she was being led around by something else. She was hated. She was living in adultery. She was miserable. She needed rest. She needed salvation. She needed him. And Jesus came to show compassion and to give her rest. Church, that's what we're to do. We're to go out and tell people about Jesus, to, to show compassion to people, let people know that, that we belong to Him. I love that song, they'll know we're Christians by our love, because He first loved us. Jesus wants to lead you to someone today. He wants to lead you to have a personal relationship with someone so that they can have a personal relationship with Him. Will you feel His leading today? Are you living in His rest, church? Have you learned from Him? If you're here today and you don't know Christ as your Savior, what's leading you? I know if you can't see Jesus for who He is, then Satan's leading you. He has you blinded. You believe the lies that He's told. Church, if you're here today and you're being led by God, you have His yoke, if you do His Word, then go, call people to come to Jesus. Show them His love. Show them His compassion. And you can have rest. Every head bow, every eye closed. Church, it's not enough for us to know Jesus. It's not enough for us to know His Word. He's very clear. He says, if you know my word, then do it. If you're a disciple of me, then take up my yoke and follow me. And I'll give you rest. Learn from me. The Pharisees told people what to do. Said, you do this, this, and this. And you don't do this. And if you do, then there's going to be trouble. Jesus came and says, do what I do. Say what I say. Go where I go. Love how I love. Have compassion that I have compassion. Annie Armstrong is for uh, North American Missions. And is that what we need? We need uh, missionaries to come to Covington to lead the people to Christ. There's 50 plus churches in this community. 
Where's the compassion? Where's the people doing the Word, doing what Jesus said? Loving and compassionately reaching out to tell people about Jesus. Maybe it's time for us to get right with God. To realize that we've uh, slipped off the bond or uh, slipped off the yoke that He had for us and put on something to lead us in the way we want to go. That's more important to live for self than to live for Him. People are dying. One day we'll be with Christ as He stands at the white throne, great white throne judgment, and we'll see people who rejected Christ. And there'll be people there we had the opportunity to witness to and we didn't. Or maybe we witnessed one time and then gave up. Jesus says, take my yoke, find that rest, and never give up. Maybe it's time we do business with God. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray now for anyone, Lord, who doesn't know you, who doesn't have salvation, that they understand exactly who you are.